Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Oh, hello, my friends, and welcome to February 2022. We just had the new moon on Tuesday, along with the Lunar New Year, so it's already been a very energetic week, but it's not over yet. Today, Mercury stations direct. Thank the gods. Mercury is still in his shadow for another little while, but we are through the worst of it. And we will have a little bit of a reprieve from planetary bullshit for a couple months. You know, nobody's going to be in retrograde again until the very end of April when Pluto stations retrograde, followed on May 10th by Mercury again. But let's not worry about that just now. Let's just enjoy this breather. I do wonder how all of you fared, though. How was Mercury retrograde for you? We were hit kind of hard by it in the Roe household, to be honest. It really threw my husband for a loop in particular. He was kind of struggling to keep his head above water for a little while there, but that's why it's important to stay aware of what the planets are doing so that when we do feel the effects, we can try to keep it all in perspective. And I personally had to keep reminding myself to be gentle, you know, to be understanding. It's really easy for me to be reactive sometimes. So I definitely had to stay mindful of retrograde and just hold a little extra grace for the people around me. And I actually spent two weeks of this retrograde sick at home. So I did miss the worst of it at work, for which I am actually grateful. Mercury retrograde always causes havoc in my workplace. And honestly, this one was no exception. So although I burned all my sick days and half my vacation days in the first month of the year, I'm just going to cut my losses and count myself lucky. I think that this may have been one of those blessings that's disguised as a curse. Yes, I was very ill, and I'm still trying to catch up at work, but if I had been at work trying to put out all of those fires, I just don't know that I would have been able to be present in a significant and non-reactionary way for my husband and my family, and he really needed me to be. So, you know, we take the wins where we can find them, but... Enough of that. On to the topic at hand. I am really happy to be talking about tarot today. I freaking love tarot. Tarot is one of my favorite tools for witchcraft, and it's without a doubt the tool that I use most often. Not every witch uses tarot, and not everybody who uses tarot is a witch, and I get that, and that's valid, but this episode is for witches who do, or at least for the witches who would like to. So, One complaint that I do frequently hear is that tarot just seems kind of intimidating. My own mother has trouble connecting with tarot because it can really be very overwhelming. You know, the typical tarot deck has 78 cards, and each card has unique meanings and significance, and tarot relies on a lot of symbolism and numerology and intuition, so it can really feel like a lot. But it doesn't have to be that way. So we're going to break it down a bit. You know, we're going to demystify it. It just ain't that serious. Now the origins of tarot begin in Italy, beginning in about the 1400s. Tarot was originally just a card game, but over time it sort of morphed and evolved and became what we know today as a divination tool. And sometimes people are caught by surprise to find that out, you know, that it just started as a game, but that really shouldn't be very surprising. I mean, Ouija boards are produced by the same company that makes Candyland, for crying out loud, you know? 
like everything else in witchcraft, anything can be a tool. It just depends on how we use it. Now, if you don't really want to learn tarot, or if you're not really sure that you want to bother, something that can be helpful to at least dip a toe in the tarot waters before you spend any money or time that you aren't sure if you want to invest is to try a tarot app. You know I love a free app, and there are so many tarot apps that are available, and many of them, and probably most of them, are completely free. The one that I like to use that I have on my own phone is called the Golden Golden Thread Tarot. Um, I just like the minimalist look of the app, but there are really a lot of apps to choose from. And as always, this is not a paid endorsement. These apps will have a card a day function where you'll open the app and it'll pull a card for you and give you the meaning. And they usually have other functions as well, but the point is just to get to know the cards and get a feel for tarot before you spend any money. These apps are also really helpful if you're not in a living situation where it's safe to have physical tarot cards lying around. You know, everybody's lives are different and we are all living under different constraints. And sometimes it just isn't possible to be as open about things like tarot. People love to have opinions about what other people do. So having it um, on your phone as an app is, is kind of a nice compromise. Most tarot decks, as I, as I said, have 78 cards, and I'm going to be using the Rider Waite cards as a reference for this episode just because it's such an iconic deck. There are four suits in a tarot deck. Usually they are the cups, pentacles, the swords, and the wands, although the suits do vary a bit across different decks. Uh, there are 14 cards of each suit, making 56 minor arcana cards. The minor arcana cards are numbered just like a playing card. They go from ace, two, three, four, and so on up to 10. And then you have the face cards or the court cards. Uh, You've got the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. The four suits correspond with the elements and also with the signs of the zodiac. And that makes it easier to kind of figure out what a particular card might be trying to tell us if we keep that in mind. So for example, the swords correspond with air and the air signs are Libra, Gemini, and Aquarius. And of course, air is also associated with reason and with decision-making and communication. Um, The cups cards are associated with water and therefore with Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Cups are associated with emotions, intuition, and relationships. Wands are the fire cards and those correspond with Leo, Aries, and Sagittarius and also with creativity, energy, and passion. And then finally, the pentacles are associated with Earth, so that corresponds with Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. The pentacles will show up in a reading related to money or careers or like your physical health. And so anytime you draw a card, if you're having trouble connecting with the meaning, you can just always ask yourself, what do I know about the zodiac or the element that this suit represents? To at least kind of give yourself a starting point. And so when we're getting to know the minor arcana cards, it can be a little tricky and just really, you know, overwhelming to try and memorize 56 different card meanings. But if we know the elements that a suit represents, and um, and if we're also familiar with what the different numbers represent, that really gives us a head start. So if we've drawn the Ace of Pentacles, 
We may not remember exactly what that card means, but if we know that the pentacles are the earth suit, so that they represent finance, careers, or health, and if we know that aces represent potential, we can work out that the ace of pentacles may be alerting us to the possibility of some sort of material prosperity or manifestation or even something like a new job. So in the minor arcana, the aces, as I said, represent potential and opportunity. Twos represent duality or balance. Threes represent communication and cooperation. And also sometimes they will represent groups. Fours represent stability and structure. Um, fives represent instability and often represent conflict as well. Sixes represent growth. Sevens represent knowledge um, and faith. Eights represent change. Uh, can also uh, indicate mastery or accomplishment. Nines mean that something is coming to fruition. And tens represent completion or something coming to an end, you know, the end of a cycle. And then we have the face cards, the court cards, the page, knight, queen, and king, and they have their own meanings. The face cards may represent people that we know, or they might represent concepts. So the page may be a person that you know who is at the beginning of a journey or a new phase. This is going to be somebody with fresh energy. So if you pull a page of swords, this may represent like your kid who's about to start college, for example. Or because swords are also associated with air signs, that card might also represent a young person who is an air sign that you may know. But like we said, it may not represent a person at all. It could represent a concept. So in tarot, the page is a messenger. So that page of swords card in a reading might be bringing you a message that you're about to experience a change in your own way of thinking or communicating. The knight is always on a mission. He isn't the same as the page. He's not at the beginning of a journey. When the knight card appears in a reading, something is already in motion. The knight is very goal-oriented and he is here to make things happen. So when we see the knight, we need to be ready for whatever is coming because the knight is going to make things happen whether we are ready or not. Uh, and not necessarily in the most diplomatic way. So keep that in mind. The knight is kind of a blunt instrument. The Knight of Swords then might represent an important conversation that maybe you weren't ready to have yet because you're kind of worried that things might get heated and you might say something you regret. Or it might also represent a person that you know who was like that, you know, someone who just kind of says whatever's on their mind. The Knight of Wands is passionate and energetic and adventurous. The Knight of Cups is very charming and romantic. This could represent a love interest you may have. The Knight of Pentacles is very efficient and dependable, but on the flip side, he may also represent being stuck in a rut, you know, just sort of feeling like you're stuck in a routine. The Queens represent the feminine aspects of a suit, but that doesn't always mean that she represents a woman in a reading. Anyone that you know who embodies the feminine aspects of a suit may be represented when you see this card in a reading. It may also be encouraging you to embody those qualities yourself when you're doing a reading. So the Queen of Swords is very quick thinking and perceptive. The Queen of Wands is vibrant and positive and creative. The Queen of Cups is incredibly intuitive and compassionate. 
And the Queen of Pentacles is very motherly and sort of down to earth. Now, as a counterpart to the Queen, the King represents the male aspects of a suit. And so we have the King of Swords, who is very intellectual, but who can also be a little condescending. Uh, you've got the King of Wands, who is visionary. You know, he's also very entrepreneurial. The King of Cups is very much in control of his emotions, but on the other hand, he can sometimes have trouble expressing his emotions. Um, and then we have the King of Pentacles, who is very self-disciplined, but can sometimes be a little too controlling. So anytime you see a face card or a court card, consider the qualities this card represents and ask yourself if this is something that you need to embody or if this is uh, this or if this particular face card reminds you of somebody that you know you know perhaps the deck is giving you a message about that person so just armed with that information without even looking at an actual tarot card if we have this basic data we can understand at least to an extent what a particular card means or is trying to tell us so you could randomly pull the five of pentacles now if i know that pentacles represent money or physical health or my career and i know that fives indicate adversity or instability and even if that's all i know about tarot i can get some idea what this card is trying to tell me so you know depending what might be going on in my life just using that information i might consider this card as a warning to maybe stop spending so much money or maybe it helps me realize that i better stop slacking off at work and showing up late or you know if i've been having like a nagging health issue that i've been ignoring this card might be the sign for me to make an appointment with my doctor and get checked out and i can deduce all of that without even looking at the imagery on the cards themselves. And once we add that into the equation, we can really start to get a deep understanding of what these cards might mean. Now the 22 major arcana cards, which are called trump cards, they've got their own thing going on. With the minor cards, the imagery can be useful sometimes, but because we can rely on the numbers and the suits and the elements to give us clues, we aren't totally dependent on the imagery, but with the major arcana cards, it is all about the imagery. So the first card, which is the zero card, as we mentioned, is the fool. He's a young man, he's standing on the edge of a cliff, he's got his little dog with him, and he has a little bundle on a stick. It's probably got, you know, food and like a change of clothes in it. He's very obviously starting a journey. So this card represents new beginnings and also taking a leap of faith. This is a very optimistic card. The number one card is the magician. And he's got, you know, his right hand is pointing towards the sky. His left hand is pointing down to earth, you know, as above, so below. He's standing at this table and there's a cup and a pentacle and a wand and a sword laid out. And there's an infinity, infinity symbol above his head. Now, this card says that we have everything we need to create the reality that we want. This is a card of power and action and manifestation. The High Priestess is card number two. She symbolizes mystery and intuition and also sacred knowledge. Card three is the Empress, and she represents nurturing and abundance. And when I think of the Empress, she is always the quintessential mother the very best qualities of what that means. 
And then the emperor, therefore, uh, is the quintessential father. He represents the very best of masculinity and structure and stability. Uh, the emperor is also the card that uh, is representative of Aries. And again, these cards don't necessarily only refer to men or women, just those qualities, those archetypes. Card number five is the Hierophant, also called the Pope. This is the card of Taurus. He is the masculine counterpart to the High Priestess. So whereas she represents, you know, very occult knowledge and being very esoteric, the Hierophant represents traditions and conformity and religious beliefs. But he can also just represent a teacher or an instructor. So if you've like been trying your hand at a new hobby or something, but maybe you're becoming a little discouraged, drawing the Hierophant card might just be a cue that you should take a proper class or join an online community to support you. The Lover's card is card number six. This is also the card of Gemini, and it's pretty straightforward. It represents love and a union or your romantic partnership. Card seven is the Chariot. This is the card of Cancer. This card tells us to just grab the reins and take control. This card encourages willpower and forward momentum. Card number eight is strength, and it represents exactly that, strength and courage. It also represents Leos, specifically. There's a big-ass lion on it, so consider both of those possible meanings. Card number nine is the Hermit. This card represents Virgo. And this card encourages us to be introspective and to step back from the, you know, the rush and the hustle. And here's a true story. About three weeks ago, the last time I drew the hermit, I was so annoyed because I just had a lot going on at the time and I couldn't really afford to pull back. And then that very day, I tested positive for the vid. So, you know, the cards are basically telling me you better clear your calendar because you aren't doing shit for a while, whether you like it or not. My decks are so sassy. Anyway, uh, card number 10 is the Wheel of Fortune. Um, this is a messenger of karma and destiny, and it's kind of letting us know that however things have been going recently, they might be about to change. What goes up must come down, and what has been down will come back up. Card 11 is justice. And this is self-explanatory again. You know, if there's some shadiness that's been going on, it's about to come to light. Uh, if you've got a pressing legal issue, it's about to be resolved. This card also represents Libras, so it might be an indicator that there's a Libra in your life who needs attention. Card 12 is the hanged man. And this card represents surrender or sacrifice or seeing things from a different perspective. Card 13 is the death card. This is the Scorpio card, and this is the one that freaks new tarot readers out. But it isn't really a harbinger of literal death. I mean, you know, not usually. Death as a card signifies the end of a cycle or a significant transition in your life. Card number 14 is Temperance, and this is the card of Sagittarius. This card tells us to find balance and purpose and to have patience. Card 15 is the Devil. This is the card of Capricorn. This card represents addiction or vice or bondage of some kind. So if you're in a toxic relationship with a person or with a substance or 
even if you've been doing too much of something that is taking focus away from what's important to you, the devil card will appear to set you straight. The tower card represents the Tower of Babel, which, according to the Bible, was built to reach to the heavens so that man could dwell with God until God blew the shit out of the tower and punished the people for their hubris. And this card warns us that a house of cards is about to come crashing down. Everything is going to come to a grinding halt and we are about to be humbled. This card warns of disaster and upheaval. Card 17 is the star, and this is the remedy to the tower. It represents hope and renewal. Uh, The star is also the card of Aquarius. Then we have the moon, and this is the card of moody, broody Pisces. This is the card of illusion, of subconscious fears, but also intuition. And then we have the sun, which is the anti-moon card. This is always a message of hope and positivity and warmth. The number 20 card is judgment, and again, it is exactly what it claims to be. This card promises absolution for better or for worse. And then finally, the 21 card is the world. This card represents the completion of a cycle and great accomplishment. It's also, in a very literal sense, a card that represents travel. Now, the minor arcana cards usually indicate something that we need to know now, Um, These messages are are shorter term, and then on the other hand, when we pull the major cards, we can be assured that the message is a little farther reaching and longer lasting. Now, I pull a tarot card every single day, first thing in the morning, rain or shine, no matter what's going on or how I'm feeling. I do this so that I can have more information about my day. It's just nice to have a heads up if there's something that I need to be looking out for. So if I draw that five of swords, I will be ready to watch for somebody who might be trying to get away with something. You know, if I draw the six of cups, I'll call my sister and see how she's doing. Sometimes I'll draw a card that tells me how I need to approach things. You know, so if I pull that queen of pentacles, I might be extra conscientious of how I interact with my kids and my family. But I always pull that card. And I write it down too. I have a planner, so I just make a little note of what card I've drawn for the day because sometimes you'll find yourself pulling the same card over and over and it helps to be able to go back and recognize patterns. And it's really the best way, at least in my opinion, to just get familiar with those meanings and to start to develop a relationship with your deck. Tarot is so useful for giving us a guidepost or a heads up and I would really love for more people to use it. And, you know, sometimes I'll do a three-card spread if there are events going on in my life that I'd like more clarity about or if I have, you know, a big decision to make or if I'm worried about somebody that I know or if somebody's being a pain in my ass and I want to know to what extent this person is going to cause issues for me. The three-card spread is super helpful. You can do a quick Google search for different three-card spreads. It'll give you hundreds of results for different spreads for every question or occasion or situation that you may have. And then, of course, there are much larger spreads that you can do too, you know, four or five, ten cards. But for our purposes, when we're just trying to get familiar and feel comfortable with the cards, this is a good jumping off point. A lot of witches have tarot decks that are just collecting dust and... I just hate to think of anyone letting such a wonderful tool sit on a shelf. Tarot can give us so much insight and so much knowledge. 
and I know that there are a lot of cards, but once we strip away all the mystery and just focus on what those cards are telling us, we can get so much information out of it. It's such a valuable practice. And I am always looking for new decks. So if you have a favorite, drop me a line. I would love to know what decks you're using and just how you use tarot in general. Of course, you can reach me on Instagram at Facebook at, at middleagedwitch or send me an email at eli at middleagedwitch.com. Join me next week when we talk about love spells because it's going to be Valentine's Day and I'm a big sappy romantic, so that's what we're going to talk about. Again, my name is Eli, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. The content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.